0: The Arizona Coyotes are back in action after two straight wins at the Mullet Arena. They go back on the road for a single away game to the Bay Area, where they all go on to face the San Jose Sharks. It is a battle of the tank, the fight for Fantilli. On today's episode of Locked On Coyotes, we join Locked On Sharks on a special crossover episode on the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: I'm your host J.D. Young, contributor at Fear the Fin and San Jose Hockey. Now, I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Sharks or Locked On Coyotes, whichever you are listening to, your first listener of the day. And I am joined by the Locked On Coyotes hosts, uh, Robin and Carl. And we have a fight for Fantilli on our hands here, don't we tonight? <laughs> oh, it's yeah, really Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> no, seeing these, uh,
0: you know, seeing these two teams tank and the way they have been, it's like different ways. But yeah, that fight for Fantilli or for you know the tank card for Bedard, whichever one you
1: choose to subscribe to. Um, it's, I've it's given really that fun. up already to the Ducks at this point of the season. They're one of the worst teams I have ever laid eyes on watching hockey, especially for how talent rich they are. They are just bad at hockey. But so I'm, I'm starting to kind of except the fight for Fantilli um uh here so um yeah I mean we we have two teams who are both bad but kind of different ways of being bad right the Coyotes have been in the burn it down we're going to rebuild this thing from the ground and I really like the moves that they're making and you know kind of taking that approach and the Sharks are in the um we don't want to say we're rebuilding but we're totally rebuilding um while we're trying to kind of hang on to some of our old pieces here so Let's start with the with you guys. Uh, what do you think is kind of been the big storyline for the Coyotes so far this 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 season? As we're kind of past the uh, the the quarter mark here,
0: you know, I, I think you know it's taking a look at some of the emergence of of the young talent. You know, we're it's still early in the rebuild, but young talent is already start, starting to show. You know, you have like a you know a you know pretty bright young defenseman in in uh, NJJ Mosier, Matias Michelli and forward. You know, m- moving his way up, the uh, rookie Dylan Gunther just looking phenomenal. Just you know, just recently got loaned to Team Canada for the uh, World Juniors coming up. But you know, like those young guys and more, are just making their shine on the Coyotes and doing what they can, ma- trying to make an impact, make the make this season interesting, despite what this season is. <laughs>
1: Carl, what do you think's kind of been the biggest kind of surprise or big story for you uh, so far
2: for the Coyotes? Uh, I mean, I, I think Carel uh, Vemelka having a good second season has is, is been great to see. You know, he played well last year, but there's always that kind of worry is this a fluke? Is this, do you just get hot for a while and he's not going to be able to support it? He didn't look good in the preseason and then he's just been lights out in the regular season. It has been great to see the team is much more comfortable in front of him than they are in front of uh, Connor Ingram uh, just because he's been playing so well. Uh, He could really steal games, and it's kind of nice to see that affirmed.
1: Yeah, I mean, when I was kind of doing my research, I was like, oh, wow, like the – He's actually had like a real goaltender. Um, I know it's kind of been a revolving door back there for you guys. I know Aiden Hill was back there, uh, you know, forever shark Aiden Hill. Um, it's been kind of, but it seems like you guys might have, have found a, a, at least a potential goaltender of the future. And it's kind of it's nice to see him playing well so far this season, right?
2: Yeah. Found him in like the Czech second league, too. Like, <laughs> Just, I, <it's> a... <laughs> I still want to know like who on the scouting staff was like that the Melk. That's the guy. Yeah. <laughs>
1: He's the guy. Yeah. Um, And I think for the Sharks, right. The big story so far this season has, has to be the Eric Carlson Renaissance. You know, I mean, Eric Carlson has been playing as a potential Norris, you know, winner this season, or at least he's going to be in the, the, you know, in, in the talks for Norris. And after three plus years of kind of injury riddle seasons with, with with Carlson and kind of not living up to the, the, contract him now just kind of putting this team on his back along with Carl's or along with uh Meyer and Toma Schurl <laughs> is definitely kind of the biggest, the big story for, for the sharks of just seeing Eric Carlson kind of be Eric Carlson again. And it's been a long time coming for uh, those of us who support the Eric Carlson propaganda machine that is uh, wildly running rampant right now. So <laughs>
2: it, it was, it was interesting because as I was preparing for the preview, I noticed that you guys are pretty good in goals for like, not the best, not top tier, but fourteen, which is really impressive for a tanking team, like you wouldn't expect that amount of offense like bottom half of the league, definitely, but you know with Carlson and some of the other older guys, it's just been like surprisingly fun,
1: yeah, I mean they've they're especially since November um, the offense has come to life for for this team they've definitely kind of they figure out the power play you know David Quinn can can that's one of his things is he can actually coach up a power play and the Sharks power play has been really really good since November the start of November same thing with the offense Uh, the problem is they can't stop a nosebleed so they've been playing a lot of like six to five type of games which is really fun and entertaining hockey uh, but they keep losing them so it's kind of the perfect they're threading the needle of the perfect tank of being fun and engaging and, and enjoying to watch but you're still losing every game compared to like last year where it was they were losing every game like three to one and it's just a slog to kind of get through the season at least you get to watch Eric Carlson and Timo Meyer and Tomas Hurdle do cool things for the the, while you're still losing so I'll say that's a similar draw that I think
0: you that you you guys and I and and us can both subscribe can subscribe to because the Coyotes last year in a similar way were just so god darn awful that you know it was depressing and this year it's like they're competitive. they've got elements that you know make things interesting. and Clayton Keller's having one of his best seasons. and um, you know, and people are having some excitement and they're still bad, but they're you know finding ways to somehow win some games surprisingly <laughs>
2: yeah the the most frustrating thing about watching the Coyotes this season is they will, <laughs> Snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory. Um, <laughs> they'll they'll give up a late goal, they'll take a penalty when they absolutely should not. And, and that part is frustrating to watch, seeing it happen over and over again. Uh but like the overall results are are pretty okay. Like scoring's up, but goals are fun, and you're we're at least getting some more.
1: Yeah. All right, before we continue, and then we kind of dig into kind of this matchup a little bit more. Uh, and then we'll we'll talk about kind of the road to victory for each team. Um, do need to take a break, let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you guys by Bet Online. Betonline has you guys covered this season with more sports odds, info, stats, news and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. You got pro football, you have college bowl season here, basketball, world cup. They've got you covered with everything that you would want over at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, which you do, because you're listening to one right now, you can find more of those at Bet Online as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info in. So head to their website today or use your voice to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. So yeah, I mean the the Coyotes, like you said, kind of a frisky team. I know they've had to play a thousand games on the road so far this year. So you're, I, I assume that the, the end of the season is going to be more kind of friendly. So you kind of maybe see this team as they start to kind of, these young guys start to kind of gain confidence, start to gel, get to actually play home games. Maybe they might be able to kind of be a little berserker mode at the end of the season, right?
0: I mean, it's a possibility, especially because if you see what they did over the weekend and their first two games since coming back from that, you know, 14-game 14 14 game road 14. trip, they come back and they win two straight games against Boston and Philadelphia. And we're just like, what are they doing? Uh, but <laughs> they have somehow win those games at home, um, including a uh, a a uh, win on fights inside the stands, but the whole other thing. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: well, the issue with that is the Coyotes are, are kind of potentially going to click now, but they're going to be just decimated at the trade deadline. So like who <laughs> even knows what that is going to look like? And that is probably going to undo a lot of the, the kind of chemistry. Um, one of the things that they were always talking about on the road trip was like, no, this is how a team comes together. This is mm-hmm. like a massive road trip. You really are going to know the people at the end of it uh but a lot of those people are going to be on a different team
1: (laughs) so i mean i know the coyotes they they've been in seller mode for the past couple years i mean at some point you kind of run out of people to sell off i know jacob chicken is the the big name right and then i guess shane Gosses bear would be kind of the other who are the kind of those two anybody else i'm kind of missing or forgetting that would that would be potential pieces that they would uh sell off here at the deadline
2: I could potentially see Schmaltz moving, yeah, mm-hmm. it's I, I think in, the, in
0: this in the case of like the coyotes this year in what uh, the, the the thing that everyone has been saying and it's kind of this is the, the idea that I subscribe to it's that really anyone could potentially be on the table with the exception of Clayton Keller. No, like you can't, he's untouchable. Yep. Anyone else is like, yeah,
2: it's a possibility. The the only one closest to not being traded other than Keller, I would say, is Lawson Krause. And that's mostly just because he is the type of player that Bill Armstrong wants. So And he like, just
1: signed a new deal, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
2: he's just signed a new <laughs> five year deal. He is like the the prototype for what Bill Armstrong thinks that the Coyotes should be like a majority of it, like that mixture mm-hmm. of size and skill. That
1: makes sense. I mean, so I mean cause you at some point i know you're, you're burning things down but you have to start to kind of rebuild and grow and and you know you don't want a bunch of kind of just kids running around you have to have some veterans and adults who at least know what they're doing and can kind of help these kids along here so i think you're hoping now that the kind is starting to turn into that phase as they start to kind of develop these young guys and start having these young guys kind of make more of an impact right that's
0: the hope you know you want to be able to have like we, we we look at you know the like I, we, I've been saying the emergence of the young talent but you know if you have a team that's you know average age 23 oh, are they really going to be learning anything <laughs> yeah. because you don't you're not going to have anybody who's you know who's been there before who's you know seen those super long you know super long road trips maybe not as long as what we just saw but seen those seen stuff like that seen or who's played you know, winning hockey you know yeah all who's these winning of- hockey who's yeah. seen everything yeah. that you can see in the NHL and kind of can help you know teach that to the younger kids who are just maybe getting their first, second, third year in NHL straight out of juniors.
2: I mean, they're about to be entering year three of the rebuild uh, next season. And you kind of want them to be, you know, not, not getting into the playoffs, but like
1: starting to look competitive. Yeah. Kind of like where the Sabres are at right now, right? Where it's like last year you saw them at the end of the season. They were kind of a fun kind of berserker team, right? And then this year you see them, they're they're a very, very good offense, and they're still working on things in the back end, but like, they're a fun team to watch night in, night out, right?
2: Yeah. And I do think the Coyotes have a potential to get there. Um, Armstrong has been great at not signing a whole lot of long-term deals. So, like, we can shuffle out a lot of the kind of – people who are here this season um if they don't live up to expectations uh or for some of them if they choose to retire after this like (laughs) we could shuffle them out and bring in hopefully like a better crop of free agents at some point and signings and that because i do think that they're they're going to need support in a way that they do not have right now and I'm not worried about them getting it because they have the, the room to get that eventually.
1: Yeah. That makes sense. Again, it's, it's part of like that next step of part of the rebuild, right? It's easy to burn things down, but then it's like, okay, how do you start supporting these young players? How do you make sure you have them with the right people around them? So that way they're not trying to kind of take on everything. And that's kind of how, you know, you, you can squander or ruin their development by kind of making them do too much or before they're kind of ready for it. So
2: Yep, we um, all watch the Edmonton Oilers.
1: We watch the Edmonton Oilers. You can see it with the Sens right now too, where it's like they they kind of let their kids run around for free for a long time, and now when there's like actual expectations with this team, they don't really know what to do because they just don't have enough kind of veterans who've been there and, and kind of seen it all, right? But
0: that's my yeah. I really. mean, I mean, I mean, we saw like I guess like a half glimpse of that when you know. Uh, in last season, when you let when Jacob Tricker ended up being the number one defenseman, you kind of let him run defense. He didn't look good for a while. I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> yeah. he's he needs a, he needs a veteran alongside him to kind of help, you know, make sure he's he's in check. But yeah, it, it, that definitely shows right there.
1: All right. So let's let's get or sorry, do you have a question? Go ahead.
2: Oh, I was gonna ask you about the sharks and, and your oh, guys' yeah. rebuild. Um, you you said that like no one's really talking about it. Um, but is, is there the acknowledgement? Because I get the feeling like Vancouver, they are not acknowledging that they're going to need a rebuild, uh, and they're just like fingers and ears. Nah, 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 nah. Can't hear you. How how is things for the sharks end?
1: I would say for the Sharks, then it's, it's kind of Mike Greer, you know, new general manager, Mike Greer. He did say at the the press conference that sometimes you have to take a step back to take two steps forward. And that's kind of the first time that we actually heard anything. And he's basically said anybody is available with the exception of Tomas hurdle, who just resigned last year, just because everyone's available doesn't mean they're going to be moving. Right. I mean, there's the buzz, of course, Eric Carlson's going to get traded, but Eric Carlson sells four years after this season at eleven and a half million dollars, and I just, especially with I know the cap's going to start to eventually go up here, I just don't see a team being able to fit in his contract, even if the Sharks eat a portion of it. Again, if the Sharks eat a portion of it, are they going to want to have you know four million dollars, five million dollars plus on their contract four years from now when you're going to be hopefully contending by then, right? Um, type of situation, you know, Logan Gator, of course, like he's not going anywhere just because he's has a three team no trade clause and he's the captain He that i don't want to leave you know they, they have a lot of guys who like vlasic again you're not gonna be able to trade vlasic just because Vlasic has seven million dollars for four years and a no movement clause like a lot of people are potentially available but they're not i guess the big one though is gonna be timo meyer um who's having a monster monster season this year last year of his deal um he's an rfa after this season so the sharks could keep him and kind of play this game again but, I mean, his qualifying offer is a $10 million qualifying offer. And so it's it's going to be a big kind of what are they going to do with him. And if they trade him at the trade deadline, I think that's when you the actual signaling of, okay, this is this is actually going to be a rebuild now. If they re-sign him, then maybe they think they can kind of contend here sooner rather than later. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of a lot of waiting to see what's going on with the Sharks. Now, will they're like,
0: you know, at that point be any kind of acknowledgement from, you know, from the, uh, the GM or coach at all, because like, you know, here, like I can here in Arizona, like they think like, they're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I,
1: I think though, cause he did say like, Mike Rear did say like, they're not going to go. He, he said like coyotes full, you know, like mention the coyotes <laughs> by name. We're not, we're not doing that. Right. And cause I think they still believe they have a lot of pieces right. that can still be very helpful Um, you know, and I, I think for them, it's just, it's waiting for like your, your prospects like Bortolo and Eklund and those guys to be ready to, to kind of make the jump. And, you know, he's hoping that parts of the old core, and then you have the new core that they can kind of meld together. And hopefully you, you can start to contend here in a couple of years, but, uh, we shall see, I'm, I'm, I'm still a little dubious on the plan. It's just, yeah, we'll, we'll see. So,
2: I mean, the year before the Coyotes started their rebuild, it was the last year of uh, Talk It's Reign. And it was kind of a, like, hey, see what you could do this season. Um, didn't make the playoffs. And it's like, all right, we're going to blow it all up. We're doing that now. Uh, so, you know, I definitely can imagine a GM coming in and be like, hey, we may do something. We may not. Let's see what, how it goes. And then depending on how it goes. That's how your team's going to be.
1: Yeah. And I think that was Mike Greer's kind of plan for this year was, okay, let's see how this season goes, right? We'll get a new coach in here. Uh, Bob Bugner was replaced by David Quinn. And, um, you know, let's see if maybe some of the, these guys will give these, this old core, at least one more shot, see how it goes. And then we can kind of go from here type of situation. So, um I think though it'll be interesting to see what they do with, with Timo Meyer because if they resign him, one you're gonna be you're gonna be paying a lot for Timo Meyer and he's worth every single penny. Um, but two, if you trade him, you're gonna lose that trade just because Timo Meyer is really good at hockey. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that I mean, it's tough to start a rebuild with a trade that you're gonna lose. That's that's not the way to go.
1: Yeah, it's just the. I just I don't see them getting enough back to warrant like trading Timo Meyer. And, and, and if Timo Meyer says I don't want to be here anymore, then you have to trade him, and there's nothing else, like you can do with that. But I, I just think with how good Timo Meyer is, and he's just turned twenty six, like he's just in his prime right now. Like he's going to be good for the next four or five years. You know, like you're 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 giving away an asset who's that. It's going to be really, really, really good for still a really, really long time. So, but before we get into tonight's game, kind of give our, our predictions and our road to success for each team. I uh, do want to let you guys know about the Locked On Sports Today podcast. Thank you guys for making Locked On Sharks and or Locked On Coyotes. Maybe you're listening to both at the same time for the like supersonic sound round effects. Anyway, for your next listen, go check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. All right, so let's actually tonight's game. Kind of a fun game. The Sharks coming off uh, a couple days rest here. James Reimer expected to be back. His first game back since November 25th. Um, we might actually have kind of a goalie battle here tonight, right?
2: Uh, yeah, uh, it could be interesting. <laughs>
0: I mean, if I like, got trying. I and, mean, I've. I've it's a possibility to see a goalie battle, but it's also
1: a possibility it could be a complete shootout. Oh,
0: I'm,
1: I <laughs> like, yeah, I, I'm in the like, if this game's gonna be like six to four type of realm because the Sharks I mean, only play games remember, like that. I mean, let's
0: remember the last <laughs> December game these two played that played against each other. Exactly, what was it December twenty eighth of last year? It was
1: what seven to eight, mm-hmm. like. <laughs> yes, this this game feel. I know I was part of me was like maybe no no the sharks only play like high scoring <laughs> games right now so. Yeah. Um, I know you got Clayton Keller coming off a hat trick. Is he kind of the big player for for you guys to watch here for the the Coyotes?
2: Oh, every single night, Clayton Keller is definitely the player to watch.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I I think for the Sharks, right, it's kind of Timo Meyer, who's like I mentioned before, 14 goals this season um, has been just an absolute monster um, for the Sharks, driving that first line of, of hurdle. Uh, and and Lebanc and I don't know if the Coyotes have anybody defensively you can slow down Timo Meyer, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> I mean, the, the, Carl and I discussed the Coyotes' defense in the sense that, like, defensively on that side, they're not, they've got some holes. Um, but I think
2: I don't know, Carl. What do you think? <laughs> Uh, I, I imagine uh, Jacob Chikrin's job is going to be uh, just be on the ice whenever that whenever that line is. Right. Uh, and, and Chikrin has looked good since uh, since coming back from injury. He is he's playing one hundred percent. We're seeing that more in an offensive game. I'm mm-hmm. not sure we're seeing it to that same elite level on his defense. Defense, and that game. would
0: be a, and you know, and to be able to slow down a, a player like Timo Meyer, then I think that would be. You know a test for his trade pro you know trade value because we won't be able to make sure that you know he can play both sides pull maybe be like at offensive defense but if you can get your you know a high value defense on both sides that's that's the goal
1: yeah I mean I I see Chikrin. I just Tumor is played really well right now. (laughs) And I, yeah, like I, and that's fine. I mean, I'm, I subscribe to the, uh, defenses for nerds, just play a bunch of offense games. I mean, Eric Carlson's, (laughs) you know, watch Eric Carlson, right. Eric Carlson will make a defensive play once in a while, but like, he's the best when he has the puck and he's making offensive plays and Jacob Chikrin, I think it's kind of in the same vein, right. Of like, go score and go do fun stuff like that. And that's, yeah. Who cares about defense? Right. Um, Defenses for nerds. Sorry, sorry, Erica. Yeah, hope you're not listening. Um, (laughs) All right. So the Coyotes win tonight if what?
2: This. Carl and I. Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah. Staying out of boxes, I
0: think, the biggest one. Penalties has been a massive issue for the Arizona Coyotes, in the sense that, like, they will literally, you know, be competitive for a good portion of the game and then a really bad penalty will just wreck them and like completely turn everything upside down uh and it's happened on more games than both carl and i can count
2: yeah uh pretty much every game the coyotes have lost there is a pivotal penalty you can point to um they they will often like give up a penalty two minutes after scoring a goal, which is just not what you want. They have on multiple occasions taken three penalties in the first 10 minutes of the game. Oh, no. They probably lead the league in too many men on the ice calls and have in one game gotten two too many men on the ice.
1: Oh no. That plays right into the sharks hands too, because the sharks power play, like I said, is, is very much improved. Uh, especially compared to last year and then even compared from the start of this year. So um, since November 1st, the Sharks' power play is operating at 26.7%, which is a 10th in the NHL. Um, and then we know the sharks penalty kill is really, really good. I think they're second in the league. Now they dropped to second in the league, but yeah, the special teams um, I think that's where the sharks are going to win this game. Right. I, th- I think if five and five, if it's kind of a close game, the shark special team is kind of, is going to be wherever uh puts them over the edge just because like you guys said, the, the penalty kill for the Coyotes is uh, a little rough. And uh, the I don't think the power play for the Coyotes is, is clicking very well right now.
0: Either, I mean, right. at this point in the season, like, yeah, unfortunately, they
1: started <laughs> off really good.
2: Yeah, they but... were really hot to start off. And we're like, is this real? Uh, and then they got two of their better players back and it just all <laughs> fell apart.
1: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs>
2: I still don't know how that happened. I don't know how adding Jacob Chikrin and Nick Schmaltz to the power play made it worse, but it absolutely did.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to say it's a possibility that both of them didn't work with
1: John Madden enough, but. Mm, could be, could be, could be. All right. Um, yeah. Like I said, I think the road for the Sharks is, is going to be like the special teams. If they can capitalize on the special teams, I think that's going to be their road to victory in this game. All right. Who do you got? Oh god. Um to give me a score and then give me a goal score. So
0: I'm gonna go ahead and, and uh get, make this one I'd say relatively high score on game. Um make this one a six to four game. Mm. And
1: Sharks are gonna this one. Mm. Who, who scores? Give me a goal score.
0: We're going to see... Uh, I'm, I'm going to see Matthias Michelli score. Mm,
1: like it.
2: Uh, I'm going to be the optimistic one this time. Uh, Coyotes <laughs> beat the Bruins. That means something. Just for the locker room. I'm going to go 6-4 Coyotes. I am going to say Nick Bugstad with a 5-on-5 goal.
1: There you go. I got four, three coyotes. I think Timo Meyer and Jacob chicken both have a goal and assist upping that trade value. But I think James Rimer is going to be a little rusty in his first game back. So yeah, I got four, three coyotes helping the sharks tank. Let's go baby. Fight for Fantilly. <laughs> All right. Uh, Robin Carl, where can the people find you and the show? Yeah, you can find the show uh,
0: on Apple, on Google, anywhere you can find your podcast. Uh, any local listeners and, and anyone who likes to follow local news can also find us on the KpNX 12 news app uh, for um, down here and it's freaking it, 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 that part is amazing on social media we're on Facebook facebookcom lockedoncoyotes on coyotes and on Instagram at on coyotes and on Twitter at LO underscore coyotes. I'm personally
2: at Robin underscore and Carl. Um, most of my stuff now is coming from the Five for Howling page. The word five, number four, word howling.
1: And you can find me on Twitter at MyFryHole, where I make terrible jokes. Um, you can find Lock on Sharks, of course, wherever you get podcasts. And, of course, you can watch on YouTube as well. And find Lock on Sharks on all your social media platforms. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Locked on Sharks. And until next time, bye, friends. <coughs>